This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selkie, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selfing, and we are in season three of our podcast of Building Championship Mindsets, which is entitled Leading to Win. So again, in season one and two, we're really looking at the power of mindset and how that drives performance. And here in season three, we're looking at the power of leadership and how that drives perspective and performance on teams and in organizations. And again, that's our whole intent here at the Selking Performance Group, is to help individuals, teams, and organizations understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership to unleash performance excellence and drive sustainable results in your team or organization. And so all the content that we're bringing you really centers around those two elements at the individual and the system level of performance excellence based on what we know about human performance and and human performance psychology in the midst of that. So again, my background is in sport and performance psychology. I received my PhD from the University of Missouri under Dr. Rick McGuire and have really been working in the corporate and the sports spaces to bring that knowledge and understanding to to the leaders and the individuals that can help optimize their performance in their personal and professional lives because that's what we know, right? Humans are integrated. It's not like you leave home and shut everything off and show up at work, right? Or vice versa, shut off at work and go home. Now we have to learn the art of transitioning in and out of those different roles. But the reality of it is we're connected and all of those aspects of our lives are integrated to a degree. And so our role as leaders then is to how can we facilitate systems that are conducive to unleashing the performance excellence within our people? At the individual level, the responsibility is to figure out how to manage our minds and emotions in ways that are constructive to me positioning myself to be successful on a more consistent basis. And so that's what we want to help you do with the Selking Performance Group is get a grasp on that at the individual level and at the team and organizational level. So fun fact, I'm actually down in Indianapolis today giving us a keynote address at the National Powder Coating Conference. So you're like, powder coating? Yes, the the powder coating painting process that goes into a lot of the heavy industry and machines or, or equipment that is out in our world today. And so again, the applicability of what we know about the power of the mind and leadership extends to all different domains, right? So from the livestock space where I've spoken to agritourism groups to uh, national sales organizations that I've spoken with to powder coating and manufacturing, right? And so I'm really excited to be speaking with them today on driving consistent performance excellence in the workplace. And so looking at um, the applicability of that from the manufacturing floor to the football field. And so it's awesome in my role now um, consulting with the University of Notre Dame as the mental performance consultant to head coach Brian Kelly and and our guys there 
teaching at the Mendoza College of Business at Notre Dame and strategic HR management and having the opportunity to travel around the company or the country working with companies on really unleashing the human performance in, in their organizations. And so that leads us right into episode five today, where we are looking at the leadership principle of committing to standards of excellence. And so that's our leadership principle for today, commit to standards of excellence. And we're going to pair that with our mindset principle of grit, right? And what is grit? How does it apply? And what's the connection between standards of excellence and being gritty on a daily basis? So let's dive in without further ado into looking at that. And so we're going to start with just a general overview on standards of excellence, and then look at that again through our lens of lead in. So what does standards of excellence look for us as an individual leader as we first look to lead ourselves, and then looking at that standard of committing to standards of excellence um, as it relates to leading out or leading our team or organization. So, you know, there's a difference between team rules and team standards, right? Rules are, are statements that define what is allowed and what is not allowed in a given situation or environment. And they are often seen as punitive, right? Like these are the rules. If you break them, here's the consequence. Uh, Standards, however, are levels of acceptable behavior in quality and or achievement, right? And so again, whereas rules carry this notion of punishment, um, they create that sense of punishment creates a culture of fear of failure, right? To mess up versus one where that is guided by standards that is free to really engage in the process of success, right? Standards offer this positive direction in individual behaviors that ultimately facilitate the team's mission, right? So I, I example growing up, it wasn't that I wasn't allowed to get a B, right? It's that the standard was that I give my absolute best. And if I came home with a B on something that I gave my absolute best towards, then my mom was really, really happy about that. And my mom and dad praised me for that. But if I came home with a B and I did not give my best because an A was possible, then there were then we had a discussion, right, about what that what that meant in terms of me not living up to the standards of behavior that are that were set in our family, and and there were consequences attached to those. So it's not that there's not consequences when speaking about the the element of standards, right? But it shifts how the the onus of responsibility, right? And instead of cracking down and and saying you can't or can do this. It's rather you made this choice based on the standards that's been set. And so therefore is the consequence. If you made the decision to live into the standard of excellence and came home with an A, well, guess what? You know, it's like those little pizza, you guys remember the Pizza Hut book it contest, you know? Well, if you lived up to the standard of reading however many books, you got to go to Pizza Hut and get a free pan pizza, right? Where on the flip side of that is if you didn't live up to the standard, you didn't get the pizza, but that was on your, that was your own, right? That was a sense of responsibility for self. And so that's sort of what we mean when looking at setting team standards versus setting team rules. And, And that conversation looks very different as well, because when developing standards, it's important that it, it is a collaborative process, right, with, with your team or organization, because, again, that generates buy-in. And it doesn't seem like it's this top-down, forced approach of we're going to control your behavior, but rather let's get collective in creating the standards that we believe are going to help us live into the vision and accomplish the mission, right? That's what this is all about. What are the standards of behavior that are going to guide and facilitate 
accomplishing the strategic objectives, either in our organization, in our teams, or even in our families, right? What are the standards of, of excellence that guide your family behaviors and, and your family interactions? We can, again, we can apply this stuff anywhere. Um, you know, and when developing standards, it's important that each standard be accompanied by a short description or clarification of what that standard both means and looks like from a behavioral standpoint, right? We talked a little bit about that when we talked about core values, but this is more guiding behaviors on what the standard means and what it looks like. And this helps clarify the expectation that that each standard offers the team, okay? So as leaders, let's look at this as it relates to leading in. As leaders, it's important that we have personal standards of excellence from which we lead. Um, again, you've all been um, under a leader who doesn't have standards of excellence or has different standards for himself or herself or his or her team, right? And so it's really important that we, before we really try to lead out in our people in developing these standards, we start by leading in. And again, we've already developed our personal vision, mission, values, goals, and legacy plaques, right? So working from there and what you've done to date in this in this leadership development process of self, I want you to really think about developing three standards of excellence that you believe are critical to your success as a leader. And that's going to be your mindset, championship, leadership training, um, for for this week, right, is to develop three standards of excellence that you believe are critical to your success as a leader. So, for example, maybe maybe your three are: I am demanding but never demeaning towards my people. I think some of you know I work with an organization out of Missouri that Dr. Rick McGuire runs called Positive Coaching, and that's one of their phrase taglines, right? Is demanding not demeaning, and that's permeated all, our culture here at Notre Dame football as well. We can be demanding, right, as a leaders, but we can't demean our people. Coach Holtz used to say. You know, you you can criticize the performance, but not the performer, right? You can be demanding on what the performance is, but not demeaning toward the performer himself, right? And so, again, that might be a standard of excellence that we have for ourselves in a leadership role. Another might be, I am poised and passionate. So what does that mean for you? Define that for for myself, right? I'm poised and passionate. That means I bring energy and passion to everything I do, but I'm poised, right? I'm controlled. I don't allow that energy to overtake me or distract me in the midst of serving the organizations that I get to go work with, right? So I'm poised and passionate is a standard of excellence that I try to live into as a leader. And, And finally, another one that I think helps facilitate my role as a performance consultant, as a leader in my space, right? is I am present. So I'm present in mind and body. And that means that if I have an opportunity to be present with a team literally on site in their organization or at practice with football, then that standard of behavior helps guide how I function, right? And and that standard of excellence. And then I'm present in mind as well. With each individual that I'm communicating with, am I giving them eye contact, right? That's That's an example of a specific behavior that I can incorporate into this standard of excellence so I can gauge myself. Am I living into this standard of excellence or not? Am I falling, am I above the line or below the line as it relates to that standard of excellence? So again, in this whole process, we want to first start by leading in, leading ourselves by by developing standard of excellence that we think will make us a better leader in facilitating and influencing our teams. 
Now let's dive into looking at what this means and looks like in terms of leading out. So again, rules are often imposed on followers by leaders. However, when we involve our team in developing your own unique standards of excellence, it shifts that sense of responsibility and ownership onto the individuals, right? And these standards should describe ways of thinking and behaving that the team believes, again, will help you achieve your vision, mission, and goals that you have set out before you. So an awesome book, if you haven't read it before, it's one of my husband's favorite books, um, is called The Gold Standard, and it was written by Coach K when he when he was coaching, as he coaches the USA men's basketball team. And so again, he talks about coming onto a team of professional athletes, right, all really strong personalities, really strong in terms of their competency and skill levels, and how he went about generating buy-in with those guys towards their mission of winning the gold medal. And he really dives into his process behind having that discussion with his team, um, how he tapped into key players that he knew that if the, Hey, if these three guys buy into this and they start facilitating the conversation around standards now, we're going to generate more buy-in to our team. So again, a great read for, for leaders in any organization on how to really go about developing these standards and generating the buy-in from your team. And so, for example, you know, one of their standards is we play great defense. Okay, that's great for a standard, but let's we again we have to go further. What does that standard mean and what does it look like? And so some of the things that they came up with is, it, with is we dive for every loose ball, right? We or and we sprint back after any change of position, possession. Those behaviors and specific behaviors allow the team to then have discussion on are we living up to our standards of excellence, right? And in sport, it's great because you can see it on film. That's the difference really between sport and business is in sport, professional or particularly high profile sport, everything is on film and is being criticized and scrutinized by the masses on, on a consistent day-to-day basis. So if that's if you're one of those people that criticize and scrutinize, just ask yourself, hey, if if the world was following me around on a day-to-day basis, um, what would they find, right? And maybe we'll get, extend a little bit more grace to others out there that are under that type of spotlight. Um, but again, we need specific behavior so that we can see it and say, okay, here's where we need to make adjustments. This is the beautiful part. When you have these standards posted, right, on a wall or in your locker room or in your boardroom or in your dugout, right, you can say, hey, our standard of excellence here is to play great defense, which means um, diving for every loose ball. You're just running after the ball. So are you living into your standard? No, no, sir. No, ma'am. Okay. What do you need to do to make an adjustment, right? So then we can action plan around giving, getting up to that standard of excellence. And, and then if that person chooses to make the adjustments, Now, all of a sudden, they stay on the team. They continue to contribute, right? If that person chooses to not make the necessary adjustments, then they're at grounds for getting let go of the organization. Um, I had an awesome uh, meeting with my students last week. We, we got to meet with um, one of my friends and mentors here for the University of Notre Dame, Mr. Mark Hubbard, and we went over to his house and just had pizza and HR Life chat, chat, and he shared this great article with the former CEO of Panera Bread that came out. That, that The title of it is, I'll post it for you to check out, but the title of it was, I Wish I'd Fired More People. Now, obviously, that's a sexy tagline, but the article goes on to discuss 
how he really wishes he would have held people more accountable to the standards of excellence in their organization and to the deliverables in their job because by not holding people accountable, two things happen. One, the organization doesn't make constructive strides to their strategic objectives. But two, oftentimes the individual knows they're not living up to that and they want to be led. They need help developing action plans. And so it's a really great, quick, short read on seeing how when we develop these standards of excellence and really um, keep them in front of our people, it gives them, it, it places the responsibility on the individuals in an organization to make necessary adaptations and adjustments versus it seeming like a top-down um, directive controlling mechanism of leadership. And again, people want this sense of responsibility in their lives, this sense of ownership over themselves and their development. And then at the end of the day, if they haven't lived into the objective set before, then they can either move into a new role or find another job. And I know this sounds harsh, but trust me, if they're not delivering on your team or in your organization, they could be delivering their greatness on another team that's an even better fit for them or in another role that's an even better fit for them. And so as leaders, we can't put our head in the sand around difficult conversations. We have to have the courage to step up and have difficult conversations. What developing clear standards of excellence allows us to do is, is have a dialogue centered around an agreed upon set of standards that we can facilitate, that can facilitate these discussions for us, right? And that's where this becomes really powerful. Um, you know, language is also very important when developing standards because ultimately language contributes to the type of culture that you're creating, right? And being intentional about your word choice um, is it critical because it impacts the culture you're creating, right? Are you using strong, direct verbiage, colorful verbiage, gritty verbiage, laid back verbiage, blue collar verbiage, poetic verbiage, artistic? You know, furthermore, using words like we and us in that helps create a sense of team, even through this mechanism. So again, we talked about culture early on because culture allows us to facilitate everything that we do in our company. And this is another way that we can bring to life the culture which we're trying to have. And so our standards too should resonate and reverberate the culture that we're integrating into our organization. Um, I, I saw this awesome, um, I got to spend a couple days down at the Pittsburgh Pirates organization during spring training a couple years ago, and I was exposed to what they have called the Pirates Creed. And so the Pirates Creed is literally a creed of standards of behavior that guide how those guys function on a day-to-day -day basis in every aspect of their organization, from the top down and the bottom up. And um, I won't go into what their Pirate's Creed stood for just out of confidentiality for them, um, but I was able to work with another baseball team. And so I shared, you know, in general, the Pirate's Creed. So each letter of Pirates stood for a different one of their, their standards, right? And so the team I was working with were called the Rebels. And so they decided to develop the Rebels Creed. Okay, and so this was a baseball team, and I'll just give you an example of this so that you can see what it looks like, right? So each letter they took of rebels, and, and the, the letters stood for respect, excellence, balance, example, loyalty, superiority, right? And so 
balance. Let's take balance, right? So we believe that although life is complex, we should be steadfast as young men. We balance our priorities by making decisions that align with our values. And we believe this will make us more consistent on and off the field, right? So that's what balance meant to them and looked like for them. Okay. Uh, Another of theirs was example. We believe that as athletes at our high school, people look up to us. We commit to being positive role models to our teammates, our classmates, and everyone around us on and off the field. Okay, so that's an example, right, of you can develop in the language, right, that they used, we, young men, our school, our people on and off the field, right? That's helping facilitate the culture that they wanted to create in their organization. And it was awesome. I I, I got to witness, um, again, they had these posted in their dugouts and I got to witness a team captain not living into the standard of example one day. He was slacking off in practice, joking around all the time. And so his coach called him over and said, hey, bud, can you read what, um, what the... E stands for in in our Rebels Creed. Go down to the second one that says example. So the young man read it out loud, and the coach asked him, do you think you're being a great example right now to your teammates? And the young man said, no, sir. And he said, why? What are you doing that you think isn't being a great example? And he communicated his own subpar performance. Then the coach asked him, what do you think you could do differently that you could live into to our standard of excellence? He gave him some specific things he could go out and do. And then the coach said, okay, go be that guy. That was another one of their phrase, be the guy, right? So go be that guy. Young man nodded, ran back out on the field, totally shifted his behavior, right? Now on the flip side of that, if he hadn't have chose to shift his behavior and lived into the standard, right? The coach then could come back and say, hey, based on your choice, Why don't you uh, come back tomorrow prepared to give an apology to your teammate? Because you made the choice to not live into our standard of excellence, and I need you to take responsibility and ownership of that. And then we're going to talk about um, what what your behavior is going to look like moving forward if you want to continue being a captain on our team, right? Again, shifting the responsibility and the ownership back on the individual. That that creed that they had up became a buffer and a mechanism to have difficult conversations. Even at Notre Dame football, right? If you've listened to any press conferences with, with Coach Kelly, right? He talks about our traits of excellence. These are these are what we refer to as our standards of excellence or our traits of excellence, right? And so with our captains and our team leaders, it becomes a buffer for them to also have difficult conversations with themselves on the field, in the weight room, in the classroom, outside of football, right? On really helping challenge each other to live up to a higher standard, right? To live out of our traits of excellence. And that's where this can become really powerful um, because it helps create a sense of candor on your teams and directness. And again, these should be linked to your strategic objectives and your mission and vision. Right. And so again, it incrementally helps you live and, and achieve what it is you're after on a sustainable, on a sustainable way. And Coach Holtz, if you're a follower of his, right, he had what he what he called his three standards were do the right thing, show people you care, and always do your best. And he believed that if if people came back and let's say they were failing classes, hey, sir, uh, young man, did you do your best in the classroom? No, sir. Okay, well, there's consequences to your decisions then, 
right? That's where these standards of behavior come in. And he thinks those are the only three standards in life you need. If you've ever listened to him, he's hilarious. He's like, I think those are the only three things that should guide your behavior in everything you do. Do the right thing, show people you care, and always do your best. And if you do those three things, you're going to do good in the world, you're going to have great relationships, and you're going to be able to make a difference, right? And so very simple. These aren't these don't need to be complex, right? But they, they do need to help you facilitate whatever it is that you're after. Um, okay, again, so, so this is, these standards, right, are all about helping facilitate your culture and helping achieve your strategic objectives and giving, a, giving some meat to and some guidance and an outline to having difficult conversations in your organization. So, listen, our world is desperately lacking good leadership. At every level of society, we are desperately lacking good, good leadership. And when we can work through the principles that we've been talking about and we'll continue to talk about throughout season three, it gives us some grounded mechanisms to activate excellent leadership that starts at the top, that's generated and permeates throughout an entire organization. And having clear standards of excellence is a huge facilitation of that. And so your championship leadership training for this week, as it relates to lead out, is going to be to facilitate a session with your team to identify the standards of excellence that are going to drive your strategic objectives. Again, involve your team, have some candid conversations around this and start facilitating those standards of behavior that will guide your team, right? Standards of excellence that will help facilitate your strategic objective. All right, let's shift into just briefly our mindset principle that's coupled with this. And the mindset principle for this week is grit, right? Grit, um, it's actually some research done by a woman by the name of Angela Duckworth. And so she's got a, a book called Grit. I'll put that in the episode notes for you. But grit is is passion and perseverance toward a long-term goal, right? Passion and perseverance despite pain or adversity toward an objective, okay? And so that when we talk about grit, right, and being gritty, we can look at that at sort of the macro level of, of again, pers- perseverance and passion toward a long-term goal, but we can also look at it at the micro level, right, of day-to-day being gritty, making the hard choices, doing the hard things, right, having the difficult conversations. But the thing about grit, I think that we need to understand is it's hard to be gritty when you don't have a clear objective of why you're being gritty. Like, why would you, why would you endure pain over extended period of time if you didn't know why you were enduring that pain, right? This is what standards of excellence allow us to do. It helps guide our grit, if you will. All right. It helps guide how grit is manifested in our lives. And it connects us to the long-term vision or purpose of why we're doing what we're doing, aka the vision and mission of your team or organization. Right. That's how you're starting to see how all of these things are connected, right? It's a building process, just like the mindset is, right? And so grit is abiding perseverance toward what we're after. And it's comprised of willpower, your mindset, right? Passion towards what it is that you're after. And and if you've ever read Carol Dweck's work on fixed versus growth mindset, right? A a fixed mindset is someone who believes that talent is 
and intelligence is innate, right? And fixed, and you've got what you got, and you're not going to get any more of it. And so it facilitates sort of a fear of failure, whereas a growth mindset believes that talent and intelligence can grow. And, and, and can expand based on effort. And so they've actually found that having a growth mindset is a leading indicator of individuals with higher levels of grit. If you're curious how much grit you have, um, there's actually a free assessment on Angela Duckworth's website, just a 12-question survey that can tell you more about grit, but also give you an indication on where you are in terms of being gritty. So I'll put that in there as well for you to check out. I think it's a little cool resource. But I also think that we can we can develop grit, right? And one of the ways that we can develop it is clarifying the vision, mission, values, and goals in our lives, and then developing standards of excellence that can that can really give us a grounded application of our perseverance and passion, right? Which makes us gritty. And and that's where this stuff is, is all intersected. Again, we are lacking great leadership. We need leaders. Like, listen, if you've got individuals who aren't gritty, who don't know how to persevere, don't have a lot of passion, like instead of just saying, wow, this person sucks and they're not good and I need to get rid of them, Step back and ask yourself, have I created an environment as a leader that is really conducive to activating the grit in these people? Am I empowering them to, to be gritty, right? In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about that, empowering your people. So we're, we're, again, we're leading into this um, every step along the way. But but it starts with you as a leader. Now, at the end of the day, it still comes down to choice, right? Individuals have to choose to engage in that process. You have to choose to be gritty. But as leaders, we can we can instill things like standards of excellence that can help activate the grit within an individual, right? And, and personal ownership of the process and of decisions and of responsibilities and outcomes, right, help facilitate grit in people, right? In your kids, in your team in your employees, in your in your colleagues, right? And so that's the connection between our mindset principle of grit and our leadership principle of creating and committing to standards of excellence. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it has been awesome being with you this week again in episode five of Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. I want to encourage you to check out our website, www.selkingperformance.com. There's a lot of uh, insights and and more about our company there. Up on the performance media tab, if you click on that, it'll link to our podcast, but there's also a subsection called articles. And and there's actually an article on there called From Grit to Greatness. And it talks more about the mindset principle that we discussed today in grit. It, but it looks at it through an awesome story of Jerry Rice, a, a legendary wide receiver in the NFL, and really looks at how we need to see grit and the, the hard things that we're going through today as preparation for the greatness that we can live into tomorrow. And so we talked a lot about grit as it relates to activating it from a leadership standpoint. But at the individual level, it's also important that we get the right mindset, right, or the right patterned way of thinking about what grit means and what it means to be gritty and why it's so important and why doing the hard things now in our lives is so important. And that article really helps you understand that the hard things we do today are really 
preparation for building habits within ourselves and within our mindset and and getting the grit necessary that that we're going to need for the greatness we have to live into tomorrow. So it's a short but really cool article, um, again, on our website, selkingperformance.com. And again, I just want to encourage you to reach out to me, Amber at selkingperformance.com. I really, really want to come alongside you and your organization, whether that's through a keynote address or quarterly training events on site or even via via Skype and, and digital video conferencing call that we can have. And I've got a team of performance coaches that we can pair up with individuals in your organizations to really help drive the sense of consistent performance excellence based on what we know about mindset and leadership. And that's that's our heart, right? That's what we're trying to activate in our in our in our teams and our organizations and our families and our communities and ultimately in our world, right? We want to the vision is to unleash performance excellence by building championship mindsets at every level in every organization in, in every aspect of our society. And we want to do that globally. So so reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you. And and then again, um, share your stories. How are you leveraging this podcast, these insights? I want to hear it. Again, I, I'm, I sit in my home office and, and, and create these and share with you what's on my heart and my mind, what I've been blessed to learn and work with corporations and, and uh, athletic teams on. But I want to hear how it's impacting your life because that's motivating for me and, and I love it. So want to hear your stories, feel free to send those to me and and keep spreading the, the good word in terms of as it relates to the importance of mindset and the power of leadership. And when we combine those two, the greatness that can really be achieved out there. So thank you so much for being with us. Again, just a quick uh, highlight on your championship leadership training for leading in, right? I want you to define your three standards of excellence that you're going to commit to as a leader. And then in terms of leading out, I want you to facilitate a session with your team to identify the standards of excellence that will drive success of your strategic objectives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure being with you today on Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset and leading to win. Brightview Medical is a patient-oriented medical healthcare organization with goals to change healthcare as we know it. By understanding the wasteful and costly healthcare system in place today, Brightview is able to create a unique opportunity that revolutionizes patient doctor visits, cuts back on costs, and increases patient satisfaction. They house all of their specialty physicians, CDC-level labs, and state-of-the-art technology in one building, providing a one-stop patient-centered environment, which is unparalleled in today's medical field. At Brightview Medical, they don't just practice medicine, they perform it. This episode was recorded and produced by Truthwork Media. If you're interested in having a podcast, look us up at truthworkmedia.com. Truthwork Media. Everyone has a story. Yours needs a podcast.